Welcome to the Must Love Self Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I'm your host. Every week, I get to interview a beautiful, courageous, strong woman who is willing to share her ugly and beautiful with the world. Must Love Self is a podcast, a movement, and a decision. It is about women lifting other women up, women holding each other women accountable, and women finding their way along this path. I hope you enjoy. La, 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 la. The first part you're going to hear is a conversation Jackie and I had before we began recording, and I had to press record eventually because we were going to talk forever, but I needed to talk about the uncomfortable and important topic of race in our society right now with everything that is going on and all the injustice and outrage and murders, and I'm a white woman and Jackie's a black woman, and I cannot ignore when we have two of us here who are willing and open and honest to talk, and then we're going to get into our must love self dialogue. I don't want you to feel like the question I want to ask, if it's okay with you, is making you put on the spot. All right, listen to me before you say anything else. I'm an open book. I'm all about educating. We educated a woman who was in England because she had no idea about the whole Black Lives Matter. She said she has Black friends and a lot of them cut her off because of her questions. I was raised in the Jewish community Mm -hmm. in Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. right? So I am open. I think it's horrible when someone goes to a Black person and they're asking you a question, a legitimate question, and you're getting upset because of what they're asking. They're asking for education. So shut the hell up and answer the damn question and stop saying, well, you should have known. Can I just tell you, I literally have tears in my eyes and I'm just, I'm blown away by your honesty about that because I have three white boys and my oldest is six, two, and we live in a very half and half community. I taught in this community at one point. There's unspoken racism, obviously, here that, you know, I saw when I was a teacher. But we discuss this all the time, that if their skin color was different than what it is, they would be they would be endangered species. What I want to acknowledge, because must love self is about our voices and our worth as women together. And what I'm hearing, regardless of whether we're discussing race or body stuff or mother stuff or work, we have to stop not being kind and lifting each other up. We're all trying the best we can. And so I'm so grateful you're willing to go there. I think as Black women, we have to educate people. I don't care how hard the questions is. I don't care if someone says, well... Okay, because see, I don't pull any strings. Stop bitching as black people about wanting white people's help. But when they're asking you a question, who I'm offended. What the hell do you mean you're offended? <laughs> I want to introduce, do you go by Jackie or Jacqueline? You can call me Jacqueline. Okay, Jacqueline Charles. She. Are you in Georgia? Yes. And I'm in Cleveland, so we're both in very politically tense places but thank you Georgia because Ohio did not deliver so thank you um I want you to introduce yourself because no one can talk about how awesome they are than themselves so let's hear it sure my name is Jacqueline Charles and I have a company that's called Women Are Worthy and I have a kick butt streaming show that's called the Women Are Worthy show 
I am considered the relationship whisperer. I've been married over 25 years. So I'm six. Well, okay. Let me wind it back. I'm married 31 years. The plastic surgeon did a great job. (laughs) And I'm all about uplifting women, empowering women. At the end of the day, we're all in the same book, just different chapters. We should not look at each other's competition. Let's look at each other as completion and collaboration. I consider myself a, a happiness coach. I'm also a coach. I'm all, I, don't, I don't look at the glass, uh, Carly, as half full or half empty. I say, give me the damn pitcher and let me pour it in the glass myself. Oh my I'm- God, I love that you just said it. There was another woman that came on here and she said, it's not enough for me to just sit at the table. You're going to know that I'm there when I'm there. So I don't want to be grateful that you just gave me a glass. Give me the pitcher. Give me the pitcher. And not only that, don't give me just a seat at the table. I can build my own damn table. I okay? love it. I want to ask you why you said yes to this conversation. I said yes to this conversation because I'm all about energy. I'm all about I wanted to make sure we were in alignment. So I saw some of your stuff and I wanted to make sure it was right. Now, don't get me wrong. If we weren't in alignment, my energy would have pulled you over to the bright side, the light side. So you're a woman of, of, of great stature. You're a woman that I, that I definitely admire. So why not have two kickbutt women on one platform? I have to tell you that we had to start recording because we were going to keep talking without actually talking what we were supposed to talk about because I'm so excited You said you've been praying for women like me, who I've been praying for to connect with and to go take the world over with. And I'm so excited because when I opened up with, let's just be real, right? As a white woman talking to a black woman in America today, and I'm educated and I do everything I can to not be an asshole. We as a collective, we don't know how to approach the outrage that you have to live with every single day. And I wanted to ask you about that. But here's the problem. We shouldn't make you, okay, I don't know if you heard of this woman. I mean, she gave me a a spanking. The woman who, okay, let me describe her and I know you know who she is. She's the woman that wrote that book, Brown Eye, Blue Eye book. Yes. She gave me a spanking. And basically what she did, she started an experiment in school in the 50s or 60s, right before Martin Luther King passed. She started this experiment. She wanted to treat the blue eye children, the blonde eye, blue eye children, like they were the cream of the crop. The brown-eyed children, she wanted she wanted to treat them like, okay, you're second-class citizens. So she wanted to, instead of using color, she used eye colors, okay, instead of skin, skin colors. So the brown-eyed kids were like, why are you treating us like this? And she said, that's racism. So when she did that, I brought her on my show because she was on the red table, right? So I brought her on the show. She's well-known. Brought her on the show, and she said to me, I said, well, what can we do? She's like, wait a minute. It's not your job as a black woman to educate white women. It's our job. And I said to her, I said, it's funny. I said, someone who's, I'm from another country, right? I'm from one of the, I'm from the islands. I'm Jamaican and Cuban. So what I've noticed, I know more about American history than most Americans. Why is it that I can tell you any and everything from, I was raised in a Jewish community. I'm damn near Jewish, okay? I used to do Shabbos, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And over and Hanukkah. So here's the thing. Why is it that I know all the white history, but white history do not know black history? Martin Luther King, Megger Evers, maybe the top five. And that's it. We've invented the, the stoplight for God's sake. So for me, 
that's what I try to tell my friends, but my friends, my white friends, because where I was born, right, it was a white community. Me coming to Georgia and being around black people, I, I'm around my people and I'm seeing some things. So my black experience, it's not typically normal from the other black experience. I'm from the North, I come to the South. I am not Southernized. I'm gonna tell you like it is, okay? So, but I'm gonna give it to you with the bless you, you know, that kind of thing. Like, But, <laughs> but I think we should just, give each other grace. Mm. Someone may say something that's idiotic, disrespectful. Sometimes if they were raised that way, they, they don't know. I told someone that I am, I interview people. When I hear people say, I won't sit down with this person, because sometimes it may take, you may have that one thing that resonates with them that may flip that switch. You know what I'm saying? So I will sit down with the, I will sit down with the KKK person and have a conversation. And I think it's being raised where I was balls to the walls that I don't fear anyone. When I walk in a room, I deserve to be in that room. You're not giving me a damn thing. I deserve to be in that room. I love you. Where were you raised? I was raised in Brooklyn, New York. I was born in You Jamaica. have no accent. Yeah, oh, honey. Uh, I bet when you get angry, you do. I do. So, I, and I was raised with four boys, four girls, three, four, three total of eight. And I was raised by a, a single dad. I can do anything I want to do. My granddad had a great, this is a girl who was homeless. This is a girl who ran away being homeless. This was a girl who caught up in sex trapping, trafficking. So, and a survivor. And this is what healed looks like. I'm not going to let my past make me feel that I can't do the same thing you can do. I'm not going to let your skin color make me feel like, and I don't subject to that. I don't subscribe to that because I'm black. I got to work harder than a white girl. That's way too much pressure. I'm going to do, my personality gets me in more doors than ever. I don't know why, but he's shining his light on me. And again, if we're women, and I tell people, people ask me, how do we become, how do we become a part women are worthy? Do you have a vagina? And are you positive? <laughs> yes, that's it. That's all you're in. Now we have penises who want to be part of women are worthy. As long as you're positive and you want to be positive, that's all I care about. But I'm looking, let's kick some ass. Let's travel. Let's, people are needing it right now. People are needing what we're talking about right now on a bigger scale on a massive scale. You can feel it. I remember when I was younger and I learned about the civil rights movement, I would cry in class and, and say, cause my, I come from a Holocaust family. I come from right. my own stuff. And I would say, I'm so grateful. I wasn't alive then because I don't think I would have been emotionally able to bear that pain. And I'm like, guess what? It's 2021 and it's everywhere. And the pain is in your face on social media and videos all the time. I'm so grateful that we went to this place because I have approached black women before and asked them and I have gotten mixed answers. I've gotten, it's not my place. It has to I have to educate you. But then when you say, no, it, it's the same exact thing. That would be like me saying to someone who's trying to get sober and doesn't know how to do this. And they're dying. Cause that's what I was like saying. I'm sorry. Like it's not my job, Like it is my job. It's my responsibility as a human, not as any gender. We, if you want my help, let's do it together. I'm ignorant. Let's be honest about it and move forward. So I want to ask you because must love self is not just about bodies. It's about really, it's about worth. Will you define for our audience based on what you live, what worthy means? 
Worthy means loving yourself. Worthy means loving your community. Because I have this thing that, that says, in order to join our tribe, you must subscribe. It doesn't just mean our YouTube channel. It means you have to subscribe to what our philosophy. And it's it, it may sound simple to all, but it's not simple. We have this, the Bible says, love those the way you want to love yourself. I don't believe in that because you may hate yourself. And how am I going to tell you to love me if you don't know how to love yourself? Because then you're going to show. So what I do is I show people how to treat me. I talk. So it's all about that. I have conversations with you. Worthy means loving yourself, loving the world. Love is all we need. Because if you think about it, people are like, it's money, it's health. If you love yourself, you're going to exercise, you're going to eat right. If you love yourself, things, I believe in energy, things will happen. I'm telling you, I was thinking about this and look, you and I may be doing some stuff. Look oh, at no, that. no, it's not maybe, it's happening. And you know what it is? 100% believe in you. As I've been raising my three boys, I have always said to them, money is not going to make you happy. Cars are not going to make you happy. If the only thing I want for you is to be good humans, if you're mm-hmm. good humans, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what anything else looks like. Cause you will be happy. And so the question I have for you as someone who's acknowledged in order to be worthy, in order to be happy, we have to start with ourselves. And I spoke with this woman the other day who said that the word must in my title must period love period. She acknowledged that I put that period there for a reason. Cause it's a sentence mm-hmm. because must is implying that there is no other choice. And so what I want to ask you, and the reason why I brought up the, the topic of our race as women, what do we need to do as white women to support our women of color in an actual meaningful way that will be useful to you? Okay, when you said that, it was so funny because when you said that to me, it was almost like I can hear her in my voice saying, it's not there, it's not your responsibility, it's their responsibility. Okay, what I will tell you is listen. Listen to what we have to say. Hear some of our cries. So, and don't be embarrassed to ask us questions, but listen, when we're telling you, when we're saying Black Lives Matter, shut the hell up and stop talking about White Lives Matter. Now, I think you heard the analogy, if everyone's in a house, different houses on the block, one house is burning, the fire department is running to that house that's burning. That's what's happening now, right? Now, I'm not talking about Black Lives Matter, the movement. I'm talking about right now, a lot of black people are being killed. Black boys, girls too, but black boys, listen to what we have to say, because I understand. Here's the part, when you ask me what we can do, here's the thing. One of the most important person in my life is Mr. Sapp, Harold Sapistein. His mother escaped, his mother escaped the concentration camp, right? Mr. Sapistein has to be in his 90s. He was my sixth grade teacher. I don't do anything without Mr. Sapistein, right? He taught me about uh, Shiva. And when I tell you, he taught me everything. He taught me what happened to his mom. I mean, he lost his whole family with the exception. He wasn't born then, just his mom. So think about this woman coming here. I want to know the story. I saw Schindler's List. Educate yourself, watch Roots, read some books, not the typical Roots about Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, read other things. Sit down with a black person, ask questions. No one told me to watch Schindler's List, but because I was raised in a Jewish community, 
I want to sit down and find out why is it when someone dies, you shut the, you, you know, you cover the mirrors. Why do you do that? Why are you, they had something on Netflix and it was about a young lady marrying a guy. Um, it was an arranged marriage, as you know, and they moved to, I think they were in another country and she was, uh, I think she was from Bensonhurst or something. But anyway, I Shit watched, zone? yes, yeah. yes. And I was watching the whole, and I'm like, oh my God, because again, I don't want to just stay in a black environment. That's not what God created. He created an environment of human beings. You know, I want to know what happened to the Polish people, what happened to the Russian people, what happened to the African people. So I think I might, so to, to say that, because I'm, I'm an excited person, I'm, you know. Me too. No apologizing for our excitement. So <laughs> it's all about understanding where we're from, where we're going, why are, why are we angry? Why, you know, what's going on? And, and let's face it, birth of all nations start with a woman. Look what happened to Cle what Cleopatra did. Okay. So let's get to under, I know your story. I may not know your personal story, but I know, you know, the Jewish community. I know all of that. I'm a history buff. So just sit down with a woman and ask her, but by the same token, black women, you cannot tell these white women, you need to go check it out for yourself. Leave me alone. How could you, I know it's crazy, but I'm just asking, I'm pleading count to 10 and pretend you're talking to your little child when you're talking to them and just opening up their eyes because you don't know what damage you could be doing by telling a person to go figure it out yourself you know learn on your own you don't know we have to be we have to we have to grant you patience and we have to grant you gratitude and love that's all that's all i just need my white girls to just Educate yourself, come to me and ask me, but also watch, read the books. I mean, come on, watch Roots, at least watch Roots. I'm so grateful you said that. I think part of must love self is exactly what you said, which is honoring and educating because I come from, as you know, as a Holocaust survivor, my grandfather's entire family was murdered. He lived in a hole in the woods by himself for two years. And I've been told those stories. And what I remember hearing my grandparents say was the people that stood by and did nothing were just as bad as the people that murdered his family. And that is what I never want to be today. And so while I feel like any contribution I make is so teeny, mm -hmm. what I know as a fact, when I get over my head, is right. that my job as a parent is to give my white privileged boys the education. And when we sat and we watched when they see us, the documentary, which was mm -hmm. one of the most uncomfortable mm -hmm. things I've ever watched, including all of the Holocaust stuff, the boys and I paused and we said, like I paused the show and I said, I know this is extremely uncomfortable, but if you were that color, we would have had this conversation seven years ago. We've always been having the conversation. Right. But we said, it's our responsibility to endure the pain and to hear exactly you said, to hear your cries and to not, one of the cool things, I don't know if your teacher taught you, but that I didn't learn even as a Jewish person is that you're supposed to do in Shiva, which is for people mm -hmm. who don't know when someone mm -hmm. dies, mm -hmm. you're actually not supposed to say anything mm -hmm. to the family. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the reason is as humans, we want to try to make things better or try to spin whatever is going on. But the problem is there is no way to make this pain and grief better when someone has lost someone in such a way. So my responsibility is to come to you and just sit at your feet and say, I'm here. And so 
I am so grateful we were able to talk about that because it is about muscle of self, because in order for me to be worthy and love myself, I have to know that I'm doing everything I can as a human, forget my color or race or gender or anything to be there for other humans. So I wanted to thank you for your grace in letting us have that part of our discussion. And you're welcome. And, you know, not just saying that we have to just, we have to remember we're human beings first. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that we're human beings first, but I'm damn sure not going to have hell outside and hell inside. So we have to just, you know, give our white counterparts some time to catch up. I understand people are impatient right now, but we need allies. We need allies. And that's what you need to do. Slavery would have not ended and people need to understand we had white allies who helped us during slavery, you know? So again, when you, you know, the, just and her, the young lady's name was Jane Elliott. She's like 80 something years old, a, a phenomenal, phenomenal woman. I just want to make sure that we're doing the right thing at the right time and the right place. So whatever it is that my sisters need, white and black, if I can support and help, I'm there. I'm there. We're in it together. I want to ask you if you would be honest enough to tell us how old you are. 50-ish. Okay, that's fine. I have a question Mm -hmm. for you. You're the first one that won't tell us the number, which is totally no judgment. Mm -hmm. But my question is, what about age and number is uncomfortable to share for you or for when you've been growing up, like, have you heard other women? Cause I heard women saying like they're 29 forever. And I'm like, why are you lying? No, I don't know. Because to be, to be perfectly honest, I look freaking good for my I age. I thought you were okay? younger than me. Freaking good for my age. The only reason why is I just, to me, we put labels on everything. That's the only reason we, do you ask a man how old he is? Most men don't talk. And that's the, that's a space. I don't, cause there's going to be a day. I'm going to tell you how damn old I am. But the problem that I have is we don't ask men when they're doing shows, how old are you or whatever? And it's no judgment on you. No, don't I don't ask- feel judged. The right, reason why ask- I asked it, I want to, to remove the yuckiness from age for women because I want to honor the fact that we are in the wrong when we're uncomfortable about it, that it's actually the opposite. I don't have women on here that are in their 20s, even though there there are some women that are really awesome in their 20s. I want women who are kicking ass and who don't need to be a specific age, who are kicking ass forward. And I had my 87-year-old grandmother on here. And I said to her, like, why, why are you still uncomfortable about being who you are? I'm so grateful for every single year I get on this earth. And I want to destigmatize it being a negative. So I, I appreciate that men are not asked, but I don't even have men on here. So no, I, no, want, no, I yeah. get that, but still we're going to, we, we're still occupying men's spaces because yes. if I'm speaking, Tony Robbins is speaking or whomever is speaking. And that's what I want to remove is asking people their age because we don't do that with men. And if we're, and then let's face it, we have this thing we keep, which is true. We have this thing about ageism, but it's only towards women. We're not, a man can be fat, bald headed. As long as he has a little bit of money, everything's good with him. But yep. with a woman, it's disgusting. So for me, I mean, we interview men on our show and stuff, but I don't do, and again, it's just, everybody's different. Everybody's platform is different, but men, we need, we're really ruling the world, but I've noticed the Warren Buffett's, the Zuckerbergers, the 
They don't ask them, but when Oprah's doing a show, someone will say, you know, if they don't know her age by reading it, I've seen people ask her. And I'm like, but you just had Warren Buffett, who's whatever, you're not asking him that. So for me, it has nothing to do with, I'm ashamed of my age. Now, maybe if I was looking broken down, I would. I'm I am in my own right trying to remove that stigma. When you start asking men their age, then you can ask me and then I'll have no issues about it. I love that. And what I love about the two of us, which I can tell already, is we both get to honor where our perspectives are and accept and respect it. I want other women to feel permission from yes. each other that, yes. you know what? You are amazing. You are like mm -hmm. are kick-ass. And I'm so grateful for your perspective from that. So I want to, if you're comfortable, this is a part where I ask each of us to score ourselves, not in like what your body is like, oh, she's a 10. I want to know what you think of your own image of yourself in these three areas. One is I'm really mean to myself in this area. And 10 is... I love the way I treat myself in this area. Oh, okay. So, I'm ready. Yeah. What would you give your own number for your body image that you see of yourself? My own body image from a one to 10 and 10 being the highest one being the lowest. I would say, mm, I would say a seven. What's the lowest it's ever been? I think it's right now a seven. My boobs are so damn big. I can barely close my jacket. You see my boobs before you see me. It's not that I hate it. It's just like, damn. So I'm exercising some of this fat away from my boobs. I love you so much. And we're, we're going to come back to that because I want to discuss specifically in black culture, how women seem to have so much more body love than white women do. We're going to go to your worth, which is your world. What would you rate your own knowledge and ability to see your worth today? Oh, a 10, 11. 11. 11. What is the yes. lowest it's ever been? 11. Wow. I've always, because I was raised by men, men raise children differently than women. Most definitely. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into that. And last yeah. one, which I kind of know the answer. What would you rate your ability to use your voice to advocate for yourself? Damn, a 10, 10 plus. <laughs> was it ever low? No, mm -mm, never. I wish I was your friend in high school. I never had low self-esteem. I was one of those girls when I would see people against the wall, I was the popular girl. I would go and grab them and bring them into the group, the popular group. And I would get crap for like, why would you bring her? She's this, that's me. I still do this to this day when I go into networking events. I would see someone like, come on. Yep. That's what I think. I strive for in raising my children, they become the person that grabs the person that's on the outside. Mm -hmm. So that's beautiful. I want to go back to your childhood. You mentioned that you were raised by your father and he had a lot of children to raise. What did you learn growing up, especially being raised by a man that women were like, what did you see here messaging about what a woman should or should not be like, look like, act like? Well, yeah, because my grandfather and grandmother had a hand in it because I was, you know, majority in the United States, but my younger in Jamaica, but I would come back and forth, back and forth. So it would be like, I was always taught never to have a child out of wedlock. I was taught to respect myself. I was taught to, I can do any damn thing a man does. And, um, I wasn't, it, I never had anything like if a woman is sleeping around, don't do that because I wasn't raised that way. I was raised into screw anything that walks, make sure you wear, you have protection. But then when you get married, you stop, 
You know, that that's that one time. That's the only thing you can have until you guys either divorce, no divorce, but until you guys die, one, one of the other dies. So I wasn't really where women fine tune things and, oh, don't do that because your skirt, your dress, your this, and you're getting a little heavy. I, we weren't raised like, I wasn't raised like that. So I didn't have any, maybe this will help you understand. I'm now coming into my femininity because I was raised around men. My occupation was around men. So now the women are worthy. Women, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. I'm now learning women's love language because honey, some of y'all languages I don't understand. So I'm learning it. So that's when I'm embracing it now. Would you mind sharing if you're willing to where your mother, what happened to you with your mother? She died. How old were you? Uh, a baby. So you never got to know her? Never got to know her, no. So were you one of the youngest? I was one of the youngest for my father. Okay. And so I would go back and forth from Jamaica, back and forth, back and forth. And then finally stayed here, went to school, went to Jamaica, was in school in there. So back and forth. Yeah. And then how old were you when you were in New York permanently, like as a child? Permanently, I would say 11, permanent, 11 or 12. But I would still go back, but permanently for school here and go back on vacations and stuff. What was it like as a young girl and as a teenager growing up around other women, other girls? Did you hear other girls? Because you said you predominantly were around Jewish girls. Were you around any black girls growing up? Um, a few. Yes, I was around a few. Yes. Were you like the token black girl in school? say um at one point I was like in fourth grade and then we start our, our the neighborhood we moved in um it, the school a lot of the kids so what happened was they would bust in this is crazy they would bust in the kids from the the, the I don't want to say urban other neighborhoods that were black from the you know and they would bring them into the school so they didn't live majority of them didn't live in my community so they brought them in but I already had established my friends and I was the one sneaking on the school bus because when I was going to school for me I was the one who's sneaking on some of the school bus going to where these kids lived in the neighborhoods that was like oh my god and yeah and when you went to those kids neighborhoods what was that like for you because it was different oh than your neighborhood god it was like I remember one young lady said, I would say, I, they would make fun of her. And I didn't know why they was making fun of her. So I walked over and she had a smell of urine. And I remember her saying, you don't know what it's like sleeping with four boys in a bed. And you would hear that thing like, well, I slept five in a bed, six in a bed. And you just thought, you know, growing up, now you know what it meant. So I actually snuck on her school bus buses before they had cameras. They weren't even counting. And I got off with her and I saw some guys playing some things and I found out later on it was craps and you know and I guess they were doing some drugs or whatever but they were playing craps and I followed her up to her um house her apartment and when you opened up the door it was just urine and it came from that in her bedroom because she did sleep with her brothers and they peed on themselves so did you go there on purpose because you were interested and curious and you wanted to see what was going on or did you go there to hang out with her there to do both okay because I wanted to know you know I wanted to know she was because she okay she was a bully right I think they finally gathered up and and got her and what she did was was bullying people I didn't know when I saw them picking on her they all got together to beat up the bully or argue with the bully so I didn't know and her name was Selma and I'm trying to find her now 
I went there because I'm like, what do you mean? So she told me and I'm like, whatever. So she's like, come home with me. And I'm like, my father would kill me. But I wasn't thinking that I was a little kid. So I snuck on the bus and I'm like, wow. And I'm like, let's let's drink. Some. She said, are you thirsty? I said, yeah. So she's like, let me make some Kool-Aid. So she gets the Kool-Aid and she puts tons of sugar. I'm like, I can't eat. I can't drink that. She's like, I said, no, I'm not allowed to drink that. I can't drink all of that. So then I asked her for something else. I remember she had cornflakes. And she's like, let's have some cornflakes. And she had a little bit of, I think it was orange juice. And she was going to put some water in the orange juice to pour it. In. I'm like, no, I'm okay. And I remember I had some snack with me and I shared it with her. So that's when I realized that, damn, Jackie, you better be grateful. You can do whatever you want to do. You don't sleep with someone in the bed. You have your little canopy bed, your easy bake oven. And look how she did. I think that's when my compassion started to come out. And your perspective. Yeah, definitely. My other question about growing up and then when we're going to move on is, were you seeing any of the other girls talking negatively about their body image? To be honest, no, but I would overhear the adult women because I would go there I would hear the adult women talking about some things and especially the hair and how you and again this is from the Jewish com, you know community that was covering the hair and I uh, want to ask you and, and I don't know that you necessarily can speak on this because it sounds like you've never had a problem with your body image but what I do know from my friends who are black who have beautiful juicy bodies that are like girl you're too skinny and whatever why do you think, opinion about it, that black women tend to be more comfortable with their curves than white women? Because I think white, we, ha- we come from where men also praise our body. Yes. We come from knowing that when you have the wide hips, it's giving birth to children. We come, because I got a white girl booty, okay? I don't have a black girl booty. I'm pissed as hell off. You You're like, I've got these boobs and I got no butt. Man. When I walk, I'm like, why do I have this white girl booty? So I have to wear certain clothes, not the fake underwears. But anyway, back to your question. We were taught to appreciate our bodies. We weren't like, oh my God, you know, don't eat that chocolate. We were taught to clean our plate. We were taught to, you know, some parents never sat down because I remember my father told me, you're beautiful no matter what you look. Because in the black community, we have issues with light skin and dark skin. Yes. I didn't have that. I'm the darkest one in my family. My family looked from, you know, because from Jamaica, you have Asians and all that kind of stuff. White people in your in your family. I'm the darkest one. And I more look like my grandfather and all my other family members. My grandmother, she looks like she could pass for white. But I was never, and on the island, that's a big thing light skin dark it's a big thing in my family we didn't have that so I have other black women who are from the islands wanting to know how do you have this confidence and you're a darker person because I was never taught not to be you know any different my brothers all of them are yellow like the banana and much yellow whiter you know I never had those issues and I love what you just said about confidence because I think that's connected with our worth which so it starts off as body stuff right we're comfortable talking about, or we're used to talking about like what we don't like or not like about our body, but really what it's about is our worth. And once we know our worth and our confidence, we can use our voice, which is why you're 11 and a 10 in all those areas. Why are you a seven in body? Is it because your boobs? Honey, my boobs, honey. I think if I take my bra off, my breast is going to hit the floor. Cause they hurt. So- 
Well, it does. And I don't want, and what happens is I gained a bit of weight because you, of course of COVID and stuff and I wasn't working out, blah, 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 but it's coming back. Cause I'm starting to feel, you know, my sexy didn't leave now. So I don't need getting my sexy back, but I'm starting to say, yes, yes, yes. Is your seven because of your boobs or is there any other area? I'm going to say it's seven because, because what happens is with my boobs, I can't, I can't shut my jacket. Yes. And then I'd have to get a bigger size jacket, but then tailor the jacket, that kind of thing. So conscientious, conscious, conscious of my boobs. Yes. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, I think I started getting my boobs when I was probably 11 in the 11th. No, in the sixth, fifth grade, because guys used to pull the back of my bra, snap your bra strap, but I didn't think anything of it. And I never tried to cover it. I learned to appreciate it and wear those, you know, like, ooh, Jackie, that kind of thing. But now because I'm in corporate and a couple of, you know, this whole thing, I can't close my damn jacket. You know what? Our boobs are so interesting. Okay. So let's just talk about them for a second. When you were in sixth grade, you had boobs. I had none because I had an eating disorder and I had the bra strap because I went and got a bra and wore my champion sweatshirt to hide the bra and the boys would smack it anyways. There's something about boobs that means so much to society and and your worth as a woman, at least at that point in time, as you're growing up and then the attention we get, like, I remember walking into the cafeteria and cut when I did get boobs and covering them because the guys would stand there and look and see if our nipples were hard because it was cold in there. And they would, you know, I was like, oh my God, this is like, it's not hard enough to just be a teenager. Like you have to for your binder. But what's so interesting is then our boobs are used to feed our children mm-hmm. if we do that, which was my favorite part of all of parenting was that. And now my boobs are like, where'd you go? They're all the way on the, on the ground. Oh. And I, what I want to always say about myself, self, I never judge any woman for whatever they want to do or not do mm-hmm. to their body, but I'm going to raise my girls up because I like them when, when they're higher. And it's not because I'm like going to be in a magazine. It's for me. And I want to feel comfortable for my own self. And that's something that I've learned along this path is we get to decide and define what makes us comfortable. No, I agree with you on that, but I have two points Yeah. for me. And this is how funny it is. I, I managed a plastic surgeon's office, right? So I could have had anything done. What did I do? I got all my friends to come in, get free surgery. They just had to pay anesthesia costs. I asked the doctor, because I've always had, you know, D's. And I asked him, says, do you want to do a breast reduction? He's like, nope. I'm not doing a breast reduction on you. And it didn't hurt or anything. I mean, you know, because I was a 38D. And he's like, no, we're not doing a, my perfect is a 34D. He's like, no, we're not doing, I don't believe in doing reductions. And he was doing people's stuff in the office, but he's like, Jackie, your boobs are fine. And I'm like, so again, that's the area. But what I think, which I'm a little bit uncomfortable about, what has made people want to kind of uh, uh, similar to black people are the Kardashians. The Kardashians want to have the whole black culture, but they don't want the pain. So if you were, that's one of the, the sticky areas I have with that whole entire family, with the exception of Courtney. I have a huge problem with that family that they're trying to look, have the black body, but they're not putting the work into what's going on in the black cause in the, in the African-American. Cause I have issues with that. But again, like I said, I, I'm, I'm behind you in that line. Every time I try to, I'm like, when there's nothing on and I look and I'm like, Oh my, I just, I can't like, I, I just, it's, it's, it's that's a whole nother podcast. They're culture vultures. Let me say, Oh, that. I love Next that. Question. Next yes. question. I want you to take us to how you became a woman are worthy 
podcast host, speaker? How did you get to this world? I got to that part. I was working. I was training doctors. I walk into this restaurant. It was a, it, it said pizza restaurant, um, New York pizza. So I walk in and I'm like, I'm so sick of you people in the South calling yourself New York when you're damn not from New York. I walk in there with an attitude. So me and the, the owner are going at it. And he's like, I'm from New York. I said, where are you from? He said, Bensonhurst. I said, okay, you might be telling you where in Bensonhurst. So he tells me and I'm like, okay, but we're going at it. The people in the restaurant, I just walk in there with a chip on my shoulder. I don't know who peed in my porridge that day. And I walk in, the, in there and I'm like, I'm just so sick of it. Someone taps me in the back and you don't tap someone from New York in the back because we don't walk you. So I'm like, what? He's like, what do you do? I said, I train doctors. He's like, ma'am, okay, I'm asking you wrong, a wrong question. What do you want to do? Facing this personality, I said the wrong thing. I said, I need to be on radio. And he's like, oh my God, I am on the, I'm on a Fox affiliate radio show and I think you'd be perfect for it. He's like, your personality is crazy. So he says, I need you to speak to, he gives me a number and I'm looking at him like he's giving me something that has herpes. And he's like, call this number to station manager. And I'm like, screw that. If he wants me, he calls me. I don't know what happened to me that day. So he picks up the phone. He's calling the station manager. He puts the station manager on the phone with me. I'm talking to him. And he said, um, you know, New York Nikki said, you'd be great for the show, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, fine, blah, blah, blah. So he says, I need you to, to come in. I couldn't come in. I got really sick, close to death's door. Three months passed. I called the man back and I said, you know what? I'm sorry. I, I, he's like, no, you screwed up your, your opportunity. I said, sir, I can show you my medical records. I was in the hospital. It wasn't good, but obviously God still wanted me here. I'm not begging, but if you don't believe me, I'm going to give you the release to look at my medical records. I can call with you on the phone to hear that I was in the hospital. I can call and ask admission and discharge day. So he says, man. So then he says, okay, today's Thursday. You can be on the, what we're going to do is the only thing I'm going to do is I am going to be on the controls. You come in, you have your show, you have your guests. I'm like, holy shit, what do I, oh my God. So I believe in never let them see you sweat. So I hang up the phone with him and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm peeing my pants. I'm sweating in every, or everything is just, what the hell am I going to do? What the hell am I going to do? So I said, okay, I got to come up with the name. Came up with the name. And then I said, okay, I got to get a guest. I got to get a guest. So this is during the time of dirt, um, those 30 shades of gray stuff, right? And I said, okay, what am I going to do? For 50 shades, I said, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I go to the dog park and I'm like, okay, I have a huge fan base at the dog park because I'm this popularity here. And you're so chatting like, hey, up everybody. I'm going to do the show. I need you. They're like, what are you going to do? Show I said, I have no idea. Just tune in. So something tells, so I said, okay, I'm going to do a show since 50 shades of gray let's turn it into first let's let's do um a stripper come on the show and but what i'm gonna do is instead of getting a woman stripper let me get a male stripper so i get i lucked out i call every company you get bolo 
No, no, I didn't get him. I got this guy in New York. Not only was he a stripper, he was showing strippers how to be entrepreneurs by bringing it on the road. So I got him on the show. When I say that was one of their highest grossing shows, that's what he told me until then. Then we started doing the 50 Shades of Grey. And it was, so I said, so eventually I said, they wanted to be greedy. They wanted to be vultures too. They were men. They wanted, and I have to say they were men. They wanted to take my sponsorships and they wanted to give me less than a third. It was horrible. I said, you know what? Screw you. I can do it myself. Didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I got on blog talk radio, created that. And then I said, you know what? Maybe because I didn't want to show my face for whatever reason, because when I got to the station, the guy told me originally when I got to the station, he said, I didn't know you were black. He said that. I mean, it, it's, you know. Was it in a judgment? Like, I wouldn't have had you here if I knew. I don't think it was that. I think it was because the way you talk, I'm shocked that you were black. Got it. That's what I got from that. Which is like, yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> so then I said, you know what? Let me start streaming, you know, because I've been looking for women to collaborate with on and I've been praying and praying and praying and praying. And I said, because right now in this stage, you, there, there's few but we don't have women in streaming, women who are collaborating, speaking together like an Oprah. So if we can find more people together and have that Oprah-ish, you do you know how much stuff we could accommodate? So that's my four into. So eventually I quit my shit, my job. This is, I don't have a job. This is my gig that I do. So, you know, empowering, embracing women, talking about overcoming obstacles, not just how did you overcome, how did you get here and things like that. So everything I've done has always been a mistake or <laughs> fell into it or someone said something. I've never just been saying, here, Jackie, here you go. Never. Why would that, that, that wouldn't work? Because it would be easy. Exactly. Something you wrote that I loved, you wrote, know that you are enough. And I think that that is one of the most important things every single one of us needs to know about ourselves, regardless of what our backgrounds or our life. I think that that's the problem is we're forgetting that we forget that we were actually born perfectly enough and then life happens and all these other voices on the outside tell us that we're not. And we believe those lies. And it's about time that we all empower each other to say, there's nothing wrong with you as you are. And I wanted to, you know, I don't know if you remember what your quote is. I have it written down. If you don't remember what you wrote, read it. You wrote, we are all in the book just different chapters. Oh, I said that earlier. We were Will all you tell us what book. that means? Yeah, we're all in the same book, just different chapters. Meaning we're all on this planet, which is a book. You are maybe in chapter 23 in a novel. I may be at chapter five. I don't want to jump into your novel. Let me go through novel chapter six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Because if you think about it, I want to build my muscle. Would I take away from being sex trafficked? Would, would I, and it was a female that got me involved in it. Would I take away from being a date raped and attempted date rape? And it was a female that set me up for that. No, because I wouldn't be the Jackie that I am today. Would I want to take away with needles and hoses and stuff in my, in my neck because I, my body was shutting down? No, I, the person you see today appreciates everything. I don't appreciate just the rose. I appreciate the ground, that rose and the thorns. So I look at things different from other people. I talk fast. I, 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 have, a, 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 I have an effervescence personality. 
I do that because I know what it was like being told she's not going to live or she shouldn't be here or whatever the case. So for me, we, we are enough. And we also have to understand this complete sentence. No, no. And self-care. We as women, not we, me, because I knew my manicure pedicures from my, my dad. But most women feel guilty if they take a little something to do for themselves. Stop with the freaking guilt, ladies. When they say happy wife, happy life, happy mom, if you're a good mom, no, if you take care of yourself, you can then feed into other people. Take a day off. Put your feet up on the desk. Take that money and blow it to do something that you want to do. It's okay to say, I am first. I am enough. You should come before your child. Your child should never come before you. It's God, you, then your children. God, you, if you have a spouse, and then your children. That's it. I'm so excited. We're going into lightning round. You ready? Yes. If you could go back to yourself, first of all, what was your lowest point in your life so far? My lowest point in my life was when I was on the streets. Okay. If you could go back to yourself on the streets and you had like one or two minutes and you saw Jackie then for who you are today, what would you say to her? Girl, you are going to let light the world by storm. Girl, you're going to marry a man that you, when you met him, you told him you were going to marry him and you're going to be with him for God knows how long. And you are going to be the shits. You're going to be the, the bee's knees. So just hold on, hold on. I love that. What do you think your 80 year old self Jackie would say to you today? Damn, you've lived a life and you're going to be living. You're going to live another. You're going to be like Abraham. You're going to live another 80 more years. So kick ass and just make sure just tuck your boobs up a little. Okay. Tuck your boobs up a little and you're a kick ass grandma. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to be beautiful? Beautiful means being kind, being, um, appreciate life loving life and and again being kind to others that's beautiful what does it mean to be a strong woman strong woman means having a tribe supporting you strong woman means supporting your tribe not just strong woman means um filling up your well and also giving people giving giving water from your well i love that just do you, don't even know what i know it's perfect it's perfect what do you want others to say about you I want others to say that I'm kind. Um, I didn't, I did, a, if you please allow me to, I did something. I asked my, uh, when I was doing my new website, I'm creating a new website. And I asked one of my mentors, hey, can you write some stuff about me or whatever? Or what do you think I should do? He said, Jackie, I need you to send out 15 things uh, like, who is Jackie Charles? Send it to 15 people. And when it comes back, that's what you put on your website. I started crying. He's like, why are you crying? Because he says, do you think people are going to say something bad about you? I said, no, the opposite. I can honestly say today that if something were to happen to me, which we know it's not like 90 years from now, they're not going to be able to fill the place that they decide to have my last resting space on earth. I know that. That gives me chills. I I'm listening to a book for like the fourth time called the five secrets you must learn before you die. And he asks, do you want to have a 10 minute or a 10 hour funeral and how you live your life today will determine that I have last two questions for you. If you found out that you only have six months left to live, what would you do with the rest of your time? That's a good question. If I had six months to live, what would I do with the rest of my travel? 
Where first? Bali. That's where that's I was on my to go. list. That's where we were supposed to go for our anniversary, but because of COVID, ba- I would go to Bali. I would definitely want to see the Dalai Lama. I would definitely want to go to. Pl- I want to go to place things that people have no that they've never heard of, and just and not staying at the resorts. Like, of course, if I'm on a vacation with my girlfriends or husband, yeah. But if I were to do it by myself. I would love to, if my, I would love to just get in a van, drive around the country, then go around the world and just talk to people, just listen to what they have to say. That's what I really would love to do. The two of us are cut from the same cloth. I know that. You're my, you're my my salt to my pepper. I love, I love it. (laughs) Last question. You get one piece of advice for every woman that's listening to hear. What do you want to say to them? One piece of advice. Love yourself where you are. You are lovable. How do we find you? You can find me on the, you can contact me at women are worthy at, at gmail.com. Women, W-O-M-E-N, are worthy at gmail.com. And my podcast, I need you. Come on, guys. I want some more. If you want to join our tribe, you must subscribe. I will. We're on YouTube as the Women Are Worthy Network, the Women Are Worthy Network. And again, I gave you my email. My website is womenareworthy.net. Is That's how you can find me. podcast called Women Are Worthy? The podcast is called, on YouTube, it's called, it's called the Women Are Worthy Network, but it's the Women Are Worthy show on Facebook. Awesome. So we, yeah, so it's, the, so the podcast on YouTube, it's the Women Are Worthy Network. Everybody needs to look out for Jackie because she and I are going to be traveling all over this world, lifting each other up, reminding each other that we're enough. Thank you for your time and your energy and your grace and your honesty and your beauty and your strength. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you. Too. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate, review, and share with your lady friends. If you're ready to do the work it's going to take to love yourself as you are, your body, your worth, and your voice, please reach out to me at carlyisrael.com and we can connect. I offer one-on-one private coaching virtually as well as small intimate groups. It's going to take a ton of work and a lot of commitment on your part, but I promise to be in your corner. I hope you have an amazing day and I hope you spread the light you feel with others so they can feel it too. La, 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 la,